Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another installment of Battle Red Radio. I'm your host, Colt Molesky. And I'm joined by producer Nico. And I tell you what, this was another another grueling, gritty, grimy loss. I shouldn't say gritty. Gritty in football is associated with, with some good tendencies, typically. This was just a grimy, nasty loss for the Houston Texans on the road in New York against the New York Giants. And while you can look at this game and say... Another one possession game, another game where it was uh, they seemed to be in the game for for most of the time. Uh, another game. I mean, there were points at this game where it was just a, a few points several times where it was a four point game and they climbed out of it. If you look at the box score, you think, oh, they climbed out of a 21 10 deficit. And then you you go over and you peruse maybe the box score and you look at Davis Mills, 319 yards. That looks pretty decent. Touchdown and interception. You look at Damian Pierce, 94 yards. That seems pretty decent. He is averaging over five yards a carry. You look at guys like Akins, who had 72 yards. Chris Moore had 70 yards. Seems like... They had some receivers kind of carving out chunks of this secondary. But that's why you can't just watch or you can't just go to the box score, Nico. You got to watch the games because this was actually a pretty gross loss. Was was this one, did it feel to you like it, they ever had a handle on it? Because I felt like the Giants were kind of in control the whole time. Yeah, this is this is definitely probably our worst looking game. I mean, like from a statistics angle, like you're like, well, I mean, everyone's averages are up. Like, we went down the field five times, and it's like we can't convert anything. We're just not consistent. Like, what's happening? It's just, yeah, it's just it's just a tough a tough way to go down this way. And there's a couple of things we can point to as we get into this. It felt like they were out of it from the beginning when you had the first three drives. And it goes something like this. Punt, touchdown, punt for New York, and then punt for the Texans. So you're thinking, okay, you know what? The horns are locking of these two teams in a in a rock fight. But the Texans amassed negative three yards on their first three drives, negative three yards on the first three drives, which seems impossible, but they, that that's how they set the tone for this game. And since, since the beginning of the game, it felt like the, uh, the giants were in cruise control. You get further into this game and 
the manage uh, a field goal uh, that the Texans do, but I, I mean that's in large part thanks to uh, thanks to the running of Damian Pierce. He was it, that drive relied basically entirely on Damian Pierce running the rock to get them into field goal range, and then you have a few more punts and. And again, the whole game, it felt a little like where they were definitely willing to pass more than maybe you anticipate with Daniel Jones. But the whole time, they just keep hitting you with Saquon Barkley and this running attack, hitting you with the the running game, knowing that that's going to break things for them later. And then you have the Giants come out of the half. They score the touchdown. And then you have the Texans come back right away and score a touchdown. And you think, oh, you know what? Maybe... Maybe they have some some traction, some traction here that they can they can build off of a little bit, something to kind of set the tone differently for this second half. Maybe they they tend to not play complete games. Maybe they are going to mail in the first half to play in this second half. But then you have right away a response back touchdown from the Giants. 21 to 10 and then you have the drive that ends in a fumble for the down come back and force a, a punt and then they go back down into scoring position throw the touchdown pass to Brandon Cooks and uh, that is negated by uh, holding and then you have an interception right after that this team could not get out of their way at all. They kind of go up and down the field a little bit in the fourth quarter to get some some field goals. But, I mean, a lot of that, the Giants are just in prevent. They're just trying to keep them out of the end zone. Feels like you're almost stat padding at that point. And uh, as far as... As far as Davis Mills is concerned, I mean... You had some some explosive plays in the running game. You had uh, some. You had had a couple of deep passes, but like the Aikens pass, that was almost entirely yards after catch. His forty six yard run. You had a deeper shot to Chris Moore. Uh, the the longer throw that should have been a touchdown to Brandon Cooks was negated. He had twenty five yard catch. A lot of this stuff was more dink and dunk stuff. A lot of this stuff was more dink and dunk stuff. And after the catch stuff, uh, yards after the catch still feels like Davis Mills can't push the ball down the field. Feels like everything is kind of dinking and dunking and plying their way. And they really need Damian Pierce to, to power and energize these drives. And as far as the fumble, Nico, I, I need your perspective on this. How much do you blame him for this fumble? I mean, it was one of those plays where he's getting hit by like two guys in the backfield again. The Pierce, I, I can't remember where he's at now. I know going into Week Nine, he had uh, he had forced forty-one missed tackles. He's got to be close to like sixty now. He's got to be over the fifty mark now. Uh, it, it because of the offensive line he's having to create most of his own blocks and so if you're getting hit more 
at the line of scrimmage or before you're giving your running back more opportunity right after that handoff to fumble. I don't know if I'm knocking him a ton for that. And this offense, it just literally cannot play from behind. So you expect them to have a trouble with any sort of deficit. But how, how much of, uh, from a fan perspective, how much uh, of the the blame on that drive and kind of hurting them early in the second half goes on Pierce? Well, considering he's the only offensive threat that we have, I'm never going to blame him unless someone else gets their act together. So I'm just going to blame everyone else. Like, just from a strictly emotional standpoint, it just makes you feel better because it's like, ah, oh, it wasn't his fault. Everyone else is just bringing him down. I he, he might be in the territory where he can do no wrong on the field at this point. Well, I mean, like, he hasn't so far. Okay, he fumbled one time. Okay, say that to Mills. He's intercepted a million at least once every game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had the – what was it? The – what game was it where he fumbled? Several of which legitimately shut down any chance yeah, of like comeback. He had the fumble early on this season. Was that week one? And it kind of like it was Rex Burkhead. Or maybe it was the Chicago game. And then it was Rex Burkhead like in that fourth quarter, which was weird. But he's. Yeah, he's. He's done very little in terms of turnovers. Like he isn't like he's not like a fumbling machine. Like he's not like, oh man, every time we pass it, he's either going to go a million miles or fumble the ball. No. <laughs> And he's a and he's a rookie where they're just they're asking a lot of him and he's getting hammered all the time, uh, and yeah, so I I don't think any of the onus should be on that. Again, I think the tone was set early on when you have this team coming out and getting again, it's insane negative three combined yards in the first three drives. It's it's nuts. So I'm not knocking him for that. I, I'm not even knocking necessarily Davis Mills because he's he's a backup quarterback at this point. He's going to kind of <laughs> he's he's, he's our backup field. starter. Yeah, he he's he looks like a backup when he's in there. He he looks like somebody who uh, you can rely on not to maybe implode the game, but he's not going to win the game. Uh, and so when you have any sort of deficit uh, that you're working in as an offense if you have that as your quarterback it's obviously you're going to be behind the eight ball but that's to be expected that is to be expected uh the it's really just that this team has to play absolutely mistake free football to even be in these games and they were never really in this game i mean Saquon, uh Saquon Barkley went off for 152 yards and a touchdown uh, I, I honestly thought he was going to get more. I thought he would be more in the 180 to 200 range. But the the Giants as a whole, as a team, ran for 191 yards, averaging over four yards a carry. Daniel Jones looked sound. I mean, he 13 of 17. He didn't even throw 20 times, 197 yards and two touchdowns. This was a – you know what this was? This was another blue-collar performance from a team that – knew that they just had to score over 20 points and uh, and throw a bunch of different coverage looks at Davis Mills, keep everything in front of them, and they were going to be just fine. Had four sacks, five tackles for loss, 12 quarterback hits. I mean, they were, they were doing whatever they wanted, and they had total control over this game. Uh, and, yeah, it was – 
it was a, an ugly game. They were never really in it. There was never a time where I th- I I if you asked a hundred Giants fans, I think all one hundred would say they were never worried at any point in this game. Uh, despite some of the cardiac games, maybe that this team, this Giants team, has given their fan base this season. This was not one of those games where they were going to let the bad team sneak into this game and pl- or play down to the level, anything like that. They were just fine the whole way through. If we want to go silver linings, it feels like the Brandon Cook stuff, he was out for personal reasons last week, uh, and he was nursing, uh, what was it, a wrist injury all, all throughout the week. It feels like that kind of stuff, at least on, during the game, and I mean – we don't want to go too far. We don't have any information to say Brandon Cooks was going to drag his feet. He's had some stuff, social media, some interviews that have been weird, but he's never before been that guy to kind of kick and scream on the sidelines. So uh, not to say that that was a, a for sure thing, but it was interesting. It was worth something to watch how that return would be. And it seems like there's not going to be an over, an overly amount of, drama coming to the Texan sideline anytime soon uh even with that situation is that the silver lining here Nico I mean like if our silver lining is that we're not falling apart at the seams like yeah I guess <laughs> I mean this is the this is the type of situation where you're looking for any silver lining I mean it's kind of a weird like non-issue like it's really hard for me to be like oh like, Cooks is the only person that's even going to be paid in, like, a year anyways on this team. Like, any serious amount of money. So, like, it, we're just kind of in a weird position with him. And I think he's he and us are just going to have to get over him and just get over it. Like, again, like, there's a lot of stuff that will happen in the future of this team. Like, the future is way more bright than it is now. But this is just one of those games where you're just going to have to just accept where we are as a franchise, which is rough but you know i'm just trying to grasp at straws here for a silver lining man i mean the we got we have the same silver lining we do every week damian pierce is alive and well and still is really good at this game and he's still on our team so as long as we can keep that like through the rest of the season golden (laughs) that's a hundred percent true damian pierce and just that the texans are holding on they have what a game and a half now i think in the race for the number one pick, they're a game and a half lead on the the next contender uh, for the the number one overall pick, which I believe would be the Lions, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the I guess that's the silver lining is building to the future, and Damon Pierce Pierce is awesome. Uh, as far as other takeaways from this game, I mean, I don't know. This is one of those games when you're going up against a, a better defense that maybe you're thinking about that second pick that they have in the first round going towards an offensive lineman, like drafting uh, somebody on the, on the line early after quarterback because they yeah. were living. It, it felt like they were living in the backfield of the, of the Texans. It really was an oppressive performance up front from the. Yeah. The and this is not like, this is so difficult to be like, uh, yeah, we'll be fine. But man, we really, we we need something. We need anything. Yeah, and there there will be like moments in games where you're like, you know what? Some of these young offensive linemen are putting it together, or, or you know what? They're able to kind of p- 
piece this together and then you have games like today where it's oh it's clearly a, a massive problem it's clearly a massive problem so somehow yeah it's signed also this is kind of a weird juxtaposition because last week was probably one of our best played games and then this week we just we phoned it in i guess like we just gave up so i don't know yeah it's <laughs> it it it's the classic of uh you're going against the the team that really wants to to throw rocks to live in the trenches be disciplined you're on the road it's cold it's that early the the early window you're going from uh central time to east coast so it's you're losing a few hours uh, i i don't know it just it it felt like all of this was setting up for exactly this type of performance they're good at the stuff that the Texans are really bad at. It just all felt like this was lining up. Like this was exactly what you expected from this game, you know? This is the uh this is the perfect storm for us to do just awful in. Yeah, exactly. They this was all set up well for them to just fall flat on their face. And I mean, again, when you're going up against a a well-coached team that is better talent-wise than you, uh and is going to be playing at home and there's going to be some elements uh, you got to play pretty much a perfect game, and they had all sorts of turnovers. They got behind the sticks often. Uh, they weren't able to really push the defense back on their heels ever, and that kept them uh, just attacking the the offensive line and the running attack and Davis Mills. And yeah, it just kind of all fell apart at the seams early, and and went from there. So as far as uh. As far as the game, I think it is exactly what you kind of expected, and gotta get to the next one quick. Burn the tapes, maybe a little bit on this one. All right, we're gonna get to our weekly love it and leave it segment, and then we have a, a special edition of Final Thoughts in store for us. But first, let's hear from some sponsors. Okay, everybody, let me tell you all about the Adventure Begins Comics Games and More Adventure Stadium. That's right. And we already know about the great and wonderful comics and, tra- and trading card store they have on the first floor. They also now have on the second floor a sports memorabilia store and sports trading cards. It's awesome. Get up there to the stadium right there at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130, the second floor above the, the original Adventure Begins, and the Marcel Town Center. Make sure to check them out. The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. The Adventure Stadium. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
It's time to trade in your face masks for masks, load up the hoppers, and go to war with your friends. Too hot? Too rainy? Too cold? Splat Zone Indoor Paintball has you covered. Literally. It's Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Round with the family and get to 11260 Hempstead to check out Splat Zone Indoor Paintball today. Family friendly, low impact activities for everybody. Go check them out. 11260 Hempstead Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. It's never a good idea to drink and drive, but what if you had a few beers at the game and you know you're not drunk, but you get pulled over and arrested anyway? You need a law firm that knows how to try DWIs. Someone who won't just plead you out quickly. You need a lawyer who has spent hundreds of hours in a hands-on lab course learning the sciences used in DWI cases. A lawyer ACS qualified to be designated a lawyer scientist because these cases aren't like other kinds of cases. Your positive outcomes may very well depend on who better understands and presents the science at trial. Attorney Brian Asen is a designated lawyer scientist, and the lawyers at Asen Law Firm have successfully tried and won many of these cases. Call Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. That's Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. Or visit DWILawyerHouston.com. Welcome back into the show this week, like we do every single week. To close out the weekend, we have our segment, Love It and Leave It, where I'm picking one thing I loved, one thing I am leaving in this week. This is uh, this is tough. I don't know exactly what I loved from this week. I, I mean, I, I have one answer. I have one answer. I'd like to keep our yardage. We can maintain this amount of yardage. Man, <laughs> we could theoretically... Score more points. That's it. That's the only thing I'd keep. <laughs> Maintain this yardage and have it come in points in the game when it actually matters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want us to apply these like 700 yards that we went and then make that equal seven touchdowns instead of one. That's uh, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. The other, only other thing I had was I. Uh, I don't know. Jonathan Owens playing all over the field. I enjoy I yeah, enjoy him cool. running him and Kirksey. They they fly around. And they maybe sometimes overplay stuff to play out of position, but I I like when guys are just flying all over the place. Like at least if you're gonna be just showing a hundred percent effort, I appreciate that. I... Uh, Leave it. So Derek Stingley Jr. And I'm not jumping on him. I'm not selling on him. I'm not selling any stock. Nothing like that. And he's had a, a he's had some really good games. He's had some really bright spots. And overall, I think he's played well. But the missed tackles is starting to be a trend. He had one the Slayton uh, catch and run, and when he when he has when he's like trying to read something and uh, and misplays it, and then he has to make up for the mistake, or he keeps a guy in front of him, and then he's making a move, or he loses a guy a little bit, and they get a catch. The missed tackles with Stingley is starting to be not. It's a flag. Maybe not even concerned. Because, again, he's a rookie. Cornerback is 
like the hardest position. Like cornerback, rookie cornerback, and quarterback are like the two hardest positions to come in on uh, in the NFL and be a rookie. And so I'm not expect. I'm not saying it's a problem, but it's something. It's it's of note. It's it's being noted, and I'm looking at it. I'm double taking it a little bit. Not loving it. Would love to leave it in this week, but it's starting to be a little bit of a theme, and so it's it's getting written down. It's not a it's not a concern. We're not selling any Derek Stingley stock, but Nico, it it's being noted. Yeah, it's 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 definitely something that we're going home and we're looking at and we're like, all right, what are, what are we doing? And it's carrying week to week. Yeah, so I mean. Something's got to change. Someone's got to get on a new plan, on a new regiment. Yeah, it's because you can't you can't keep missing these. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that we're leaving it and we're not we're not panicking on Derek Stanley. We're not panicking, but we're we're writing something down. We're right. We're jotting something down in the notebook. Uh, all right. I I'm done talking about this game. I don't know about you, Nico. I'm done talking about this game. Texas. Yeah, we can we can move on. I'm pretty sure everyone would be in agreement. Texas take the L 24-16. We we've covered this game. We get it. I Ouch. I would like to do for final thoughts here, and I'm giving us some extra time here. I would like to do uh, an update on Jeff Saturday, new interim head coach for the Colts. All right, the Saturday report, I see. <laughs> New uh, new interim head coach for the uh, for the Indianapolis Colts took a little road trip. The Colts did with the new uh, the new man at the helm came in right away. First of all, they said Matt Ryan not packing it in, not finishing out the season with Sam Ellinger at the helm. Ryan, you're you're fine. We're com- we're bringing you back in on the road against the Raiders. Grabbed a win, 25-20 against the Raiders. Uh, it could be just the the classic, we just changed head coaches, we've got new energy in the locker room this week, and we're coming out with a win. But I have a couple of, I have a couple of things that could be really funny. All right, hit me with it. First of yeah. all, first of all, is this – more of an indictment of how bad McDaniels is at head coach. It, it it might be funny to see how many random TV analysts we could have coach before McDaniels gets a win. <laughs> it could be entertaining. How many men on the, off the street can we pull in for NFL jobs before McDaniels gets a win? Yeah, this is the real question. I mean, look. This is, it's worked so far. I mean, look, he's had a one hundred percent win rate. It's it's one and zero. T- TV personalities are one and zero this season against the against McDaniel's with no pro or college coaching experience. Uh, so that was that was one of the first things. Was is this is McDaniel's just really bad? And I mean, it, he, I'm not saying he's the worst ever. But I'm saying that he's probably up there. And he's a great cor- This guy walked in. This guy walked in and did your job. <laughs> and he's never been here. He's never been in the same building as you. 
he's never even been like a coordinator or anything. I uh, yeah, I mean, and he is a great offensive coordinator, but maybe he just needs to be like an X's and O's locked in a room designing beautiful minding some plays instead of head coaching because this is this is horrible. This is god awful. Well, I mean, they're very different skill sets. It it, it often comes down to like leadership versus talent right someone might be really skilled in a field but if they can't lead anything it doesn't matter how good they are they're gonna be a terrible boss yeah it's uh it's getting to be kind of grim for the raiders uh at two and seven after making moves bringing in adams the other thing is this and i'm not saying like i'm not saying i could go and coach the colts to a win next Sunday. I'm not saying I'm, that. I'm saying you can. I, I'm saying you can. As always, Nico is my biggest supporter on this show. Uh, but is this opening the door for more uber successful players? Like Jeff Saturday, really, really great lineman, played on some really amazing teams, some really amazing teams. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to overblow a victory, but this was like kind of a mess the other week when this happened. And now he's got a win. He's in the AFC South. So he's going to Saturday's gonna get a couple more wins as head coach. Does this crack the door open for and again, we talked about this last week. It's a copycat league, so it's gonna happen anyways, but this does this crack the door open for more players to just kind of come in? I mean, I certainly hope so. I always, always really, me and Corey always talk about how impressive, like, Tony Romo is at, like, just, like, as an analyst, not just as, like, obviously the former quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. So, like, naturally I hate him, but somehow I still have to praise him because he's really, like, talented. Like, he can see things that happen. Like, he'll say something and he's like, yeah, if you just watch this and then it happens on screen, you're like, whoa, that's amazing. So, like, I really hope so. Like, I'm pretty sure Dallas would be super excited if they were like, all right, we're getting rid of garbage head coach and we're putting Tony Romo in. Like, they love that guy. He was quarterback for a million years. My other I, – I like I like the idea. I like where you went Tony Romo right away because that would be really interesting. The other thing – I had two other thoughts is that the, the tongue-in-cheek thing to do would be, oh, see, coach, head coaching isn't that hard. It's just it's just like game management and learn, knowing when to uh, use your timeouts, which I, I know is not true. So we're not even going to broach that. I'm not even going to pretend like that's a real take. But it is interesting. The other f- side of this is that, like, if you really trust your coordinators, is head coaching, like, does head coaching have to be 90 hours of crunching tape every single week? Or is it just more about, like, managing the the highs and lows and the 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 flow of a a locker room versus yeah like like again there's some coaches some head coach like Andy Reid he's call he's calling plays and so obviously he's more of like a head coach offensive coordinator but if you're like if you really trust your coordinators is head coaching more of a managing a locker room thing which theoretically more people more people or at least like a different group of people could manage than the than the college coach I'm working 75 hour weeks version of it that I think we all kind of have ingrained in our head yeah I think because we a lot of times we have the idea that like oh the head coach is just basically 
Like he does everyone's job. Someone like like Bill Belichick, who just like you follow his system on everything, and he calls the final shots on everything. Versus something where it's like a he's like a almost like a supportive moral leader, kind of like direction and keeping everyone in line. Versus like everything has to go through them. So it's an interesting it's an interesting point. The other the other side of this is that and this it could be one of those things where it's like the obvious answer is the is the correct one and it's just sitting right there the other thing is that jonathan taylor was back healthy for the first time since week one and the raiders have a bad defense and jonathan taylor is just good enough that when you have a running back who can go for uh he nearly had a buck 50 (laughs) you could just it just covers up all of your other problems (laughs) i mean Look, I'm not saying it's hard. Just have better players. <laughs> it turns out when you have uh, a guy who's contending for the best running back in the NFL right now, maybe that covers some stuff up against a two-win Raiders team. That could be that could be the uh, the obvious answer that I'm just blowing right past for these other takes. Potentially, however, we can't discount Saturday's performance. He's 100% win rate. If he retires with a 100% win rate, he will go down in NFL history like for no reason at all. I do like that. I I do also side note, kind of like the idea to minor. And maybe I'm totally off on that, but it seemed like the Colts were kind of having Matt Ryan pack it in for the season, and. So Saturday came in and like took one look at Ellinger and was like, "Yeah, we're gonna have Matt play again. We're not <laughs> Matt's super yeah, gonna like, play again." He was like, "How many wins do you have, Ellinger? Zero or is it one? Yeah, never mind. Let's cut on the Patriots tape. Yeah, we're gonna have Matt play again. We're having we're having him play again. Uh, I don't know. It's funny. I, like I said, it's a super weird thing." Super weird situation, super weird coaching change in the middle of the season, and we're definitely keeping notes on it and keeping tabs on it all throughout the year. So that's exactly what we're going to do. Saturday, one and zero, and we're going into we're going into next week, and I'm, I'm we're going to have another report on it. So stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned for the Saturday report, baby. <laughs> stay tuned for the Saturday Sunday report. <laughs> It's the weekend report, baby. Both days, all at once. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great. I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, that's, that's it for the show. But don't worry, you can subscribe to wherever you found this podcast, and we will be back throughout the week with plenty more content. The recent updates on the Texans team that you love so much, as well as getting you prepped for Week Eleven. Got. A whole month and a half left of the season still, and we've got all sorts of content coming at you throughout the rest of the week. So make sure you're coming right back here. And for now, I'm Colt Molesky. He's producer Nico. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Battle Red Radio.